Hey guys, Courtney here with the Wayward Lasses, just reminding you to hit that like and subscribe button. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, or go to our website, www.waywardlasses.com. Did you type it in? All right, hurry up. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Here's the episode. By all means, set that boundary. But if it's something that has to be discussed, and sometimes we have to have that hard discussion. So I think it's what would you say? Like a per situation, I would say. No? Yes, yeah. Pervasive. Pervasive. Yeah. And your relationship with that person. Pervasive. I mean, like a good example is dad and Ricky and I cannot play Monopoly. It's just a hard, that's a Listen, hard no. Angry, okay. We don't play Monopoly. <laughs> Where'd you get the pink dickies from, <laughs> grandma? <laughs> Welcome to the Wayward Lasses, all the things podcast. Real content. Encouraging. For real women. Affirming. Every age and stage of life. Are you ready to get real with the Wayward Lasses? You've come to the right place. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the Wayward Lasses All the Things podcast. I am your host tonight, Courtney, joined by my sister, Brittany. Hello, sister. Hello, sister, and our mother, Amy. What's the face? Hey. Hey. I just realized that every time we've done a podcast, I am the second one who's introduced. Okay, let's start over. <laughs> so you want me to say it's start over. over. It's fine, it's fine. Nope, Go. start over. Start over. No. Ready, set, go. Oh, Try again. Really? Are we going to say mom's name next? No, just go. Just go. <laughs> Seriously. Go. Okay. It just right, like geez. hit me. I'm like, hmm. How dare I? Well, I'm so sorry. I'm not used to hosting. And so I introduced us in the wrong order. I apologize. Anyway, um, now you made me lose my flow, Ma. So, (laughs) well, uh, we hope that you guys are enjoying season two so far. As you probably can tell, it's just the three of us tonight. We've got some fun discussions up ahead. But before we get into it, as usual, we would like to do some trivia. So, sister... Would you like to take, take it, away? it away? Yeah, these are more riddles oh, than wow. anything. I like riddles. Okay. Um, and this is a shout out to Trustin and Danny because I got all of these from them. Oh. So <clears throat> here we go. What comes once in a minute, twice in a moment, but never in a thousand years? I know this answer. It's Wait. something. Once in a moment. Once in a minute. Twice in a moment, but never in a thousand years. I know the answer. I got it. Say it. Say it. The letter M. Correct. Yes. <laughs> I knew it was something funky like that. Mm-hmm. These are all kind of, you really have to kind of think about it. Pay attention. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Um, I, I don't know if I like this one, actually. Okay. You measure my life in hours. I serve you by expiring. I am quick when I am thin and slow when I am fat. The wind is my enemy. There were many words in that riddle. Yeah, that's a long one. A candle. Correct. Look at this one. (laughs) I am impressed. Wait, have you heard that one before? Oh, you just knew it. You knew it. No, I felt like we did something very similar to that, like a few times ago. A few, a few times, times ago. ago. Well, these are these are all like this. You really have to go deep, okay. dig deep, under digging deep. Okay, ready for the next. Digging deep, right. right here. I have 
cities, but no houses. I have a map. mountains. A map. <laughs> <laughs> also, these are mom's type of do- types of types of rules. Here's the rest of it. I have cities. No, no, no. Just let me finish it. Okay, I have cities, but no houses. Mountains, but no trees. Water, but no fish. What am I? A map. Correct, mom. Very good. Okay, here we go. What is seen in the middle of March and April that cannot be seen at the beginning or end of either month? Say one more time. What is seen in the middle of March and April that cannot be seen at the beginning or end of either month? The letter R. Correct. Yes. <laughs> you guys are really good at this. I like it. You guys it. are really good at this. <clears throat> Let's see. Next one. A woman shoots her husband, oh. then holds him underwater for five minutes. Next, she hangs him right after they enjoy a lovely dinner. Explain. Sounds terrible. She <laughs> shoots him. Then holds him underwater for five minutes. Next, she hangs him right after they enjoy a lovely dinner. Oh, isn't it? She took a picture of him or mm-hmm. something. Hangs yep. him up or whatever. Oh, She's developing a picture of him. Dear Lord. Nobody does that anymore. Everything's digital. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Right. Um, how can the number four be half of five? Silence. I have no idea. <laughs> Visualize it. How can, how can the number four be half of five? I don't know. <laughs> Cut it down the middle. <laughs> I have no idea. You got it, Mom. I do? Do you? You had the you had the eyes. She's the writing eyes. it down. This one with her paper. I can't see it. Okay. <laughs> What's the answer? Um, I and V are in the middle of five, which is Roman numeral four. Um, yeah. four. Um, all right. All right. Okay, okay. Let's do a couple more. I have keys, but no locks. I have space, but no rooms. You can enter, but you can't go outside. What am I? I have keys, but no locks. I have, what was the second one? Space. Space. But no rooms. But no rooms. You can enter, but you can't go outside. The first thing that came to mind was a piano. Me too, because I have piano keys. Very close. A keyboard. A keyboard. Keyboard. The keyboard has enter space. Ah. Keyboard. Keyboard. Got ya. Keys. All right. Last one. What word starts with an E and ends with an E, but only has one letter in it? Eve. That is three I. letters. Not I. One. How does I? Oh. E Y E. Starts with an E. Uh, ends with an E. Uh, ends with an E. But only has one letter in it. I have no idea. Oh, one letter in it. You don't know. Starts with an E. 
ends with an E. How about E? <laughs> the answer, ladies, is envelope. Oh, ma, ma, ma. Very good. Very good. Wow. Very good. That is it for trivia today. All right. Oh, you may take over. Fine. I shall. It's very nice. Very nice. All right. So. Tonight's topic is something I chose, and it's something that we have talked. Where'd you go? <laughs> She's like, I'm leaving. I don't want to be part of this conversation. <laughs> um, it is something that we have talked about before on this podcast, but it is still something that I think comes up often enough for us to talk about again. So what prompted this conversation was have I had a conversation with my daughter. My kids go to Ninja Warrior, and... Um, Emma was trying to accomplish this feat. She was trying to get up this wall. And I kept telling her, you can do it. You can, I know it. You can do anything you set your mind to. And it was like a um, five, seven, I want to think nine foot wall. It was too tall for her, but I just kept she trying. She climbing up a nine foot wall? She can climb up a five foot wall. She can get up a seven foot wall. I think it was nine feet. That's the next level. What? And uh, yeah. Crazy. And what they do is they make them like run really fast and just, you know, try to, the wall is pretty uh, steep. And then they have to try to like reach the top. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just wanted to encourage her. I kept going, come on, Emma, you could do it. You could do anything you set your mind to. You can do it. And uh, afterwards, you know, she said, mommy, I listened to what you said. You said I could do anything I set my mind to, but I set my mind to it and I still couldn't do it. Mm. And I was like, oh, and I started thinking about that. And um, it's so funny because I say out of the mouths of babes, it's such a simple concept that what we mean by that. If I had to change it, I would change it to with hard work and dedication and time, you can achieve the things you continuously set your mind to. That's what I would change it to. But I think Mm. so often we, um, the truth is she couldn't do it. She just, she hadn't practiced enough. It was her first time trying. She didn't have the speed. She, She physically couldn't do it. Maybe one day she can. So where that led me to was realizing that sometimes I place expectations on my kids that aren't really realistic. And I do it with a good heart because I want to encourage them and motivate them. But what I end up doing is setting them up for disappointment because disappointment comes in when there's a big difference between what you expect and what your reality is. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we talk about often, right? On the podcast yeah. about having realistic expectations. So I think like any, any parents listening first, I would say, um, you know, I think it's nice. We want to try our best with our kids, we want we want them to reach the stars. We want them to achieve everything. But sometimes, if it's an unrealistic expectation or it's too high, I think we have to properly give them clarity and and context. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. setting a goal is different than having an expectation. So mm-hmm. I want to talk about that because I think that we have said things, for example, like um, we want to lose fifty pounds, but that's a goal, maybe long term. And then we get discouraged when our reality doesn't meet our expectation instead of breaking it down into smaller goals. So I know this being the beginning of the year, we've all set goals. I'm not sure where you ladies are at with your goals, um, but let's let's open the floor. Let's talk about that. Have you guys been struggling with that or, or had experience with that lately about maybe setting an expectation a little too high versus, you know, just having a realistic expectation? Um, so I have very many examples to kind of play into this. Um, but an example I can think of right off the bat is, um, 
ICSP, the business I'm doing with mom and Steve. And just an example off the top of the head is like, we had this goal, right? Of we were going to reach this many people a week. And we were, we kind of planned it out and it was like, oh, well, that's easy. Let's just like triple that and let's reach 75 people a week. Um, But then when we started getting into the nuts and bolts of all of it and figuring out how it all kind of worked, that whole plan kind of came crashing down. Mm -hmm. So we had an expectation, we had a goal, but I think something, I think I'm kind of going out of order here, but when we get to the point where we create our goals and our expectations, um, that it's important to at least maybe have somebody to bounce those ideas back off of Mm -hmm. and work through them Mm -hmm. um, to then change the goal or keep the overall goal, but change the expectation and the steps you're taking to get there. Um, And it was, I got to say, it's very helpful to work with the two of them and to have somebody Mm -hmm. who you're partnering with, because if I was doing it by myself, it would have been completely overwhelming. I'd be like, well, there goes that. I guess I'm not going to do that anymore. But we're able to work together to figure out, okay, that didn't work. Let's revamp. Let's come back together. Let's set and let's break it down into these types of goals now to still get to the same goal, um, but change the expectations here and there to to succeed. Yeah. And I hate Craigslist. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she does. And and it's interesting. So I have to just say this um, to our listeners. I will admit, I did not know what we were talking about tonight. We kind of just, we had we had a contingency plan in place. The person that we were interviewing tonight um, got sick. And so we decided to take advantage of this night and record our episode together. So I didn't know what we were talking about tonight. And the interesting thing is, is that you guys know that I'm doing blogs. And this is actually something that I'm talking about. And I don't know when the blog is going to actually be posting but it is it does talk about um, setting realistic expectations and what you can do to actually set yourself up to succeed. And to Brittany's point about we had this great plan and wow, that sounds so easy. One of the things that I think um, as far as realistic expectations go, you may be realistic in what you're setting your goals to be. But do you have a contingency plan? Mm-hmm. So what happens when that falls through? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it be you have accountability partners, accountability partners, Buddy. or you actually you actually have a you know a different contingency plan. Like, well, okay, if marketing doesn't work with Craigslist, then we're just going to go and do Facebook. But sometimes if you don't have that thought to plan that far ahead or think of a contingency plan, because oftentimes we don't think that far ahead. Or we don't even think that, well, this isn't going to fail. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's just going to work out. Right, right, right. Then what Brittany says is, you know, oftentimes when we're when we're approaching a goal or we have a goal that we want to meet, we're doing it alone. So what ends up happening is, well, this is too tough. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just not going to pursue it right now. Or it just falls to the bottom of your priority list. Mm-hmm. So to add to that, I think having a contingency plan when you set up realistic expectations is important. Right. And I like what you said there because you can still be positive and not have unrealistic expectations. So it's not like, uh, you know, we're not trying to discourage people and say, you can't do it. You can't do anything you set your mind to. Um, that's, a, that's a beautiful sentiment in and of itself, but you, you have to be real realistic. What You have to outline it. You have to be – like especially with kids, I feel like we set them up for um, – 
for failure and for being very discouraged. And you might call me, you might think, oh, well, you're being negative. No, I don't think it's negative to be realistic. You could still have a positive outlook. You could still have strong goals that you want to achieve one day, but the expectation that like you're going to meet that immediately. Like we always talk about how we live in a, a society of instant gratification and we often get so discouraged because what we want to achieve isn't happening right away. So this is just something that I need to drill into my head over and over and over. Cause even though we talk about it a lot, it's like, it doesn't always stick in my brain in my everyday, in my everyday interactions with people. I find myself getting discouraged when I'm not quite achieving the things I want to achieve, but I'm in the process. So, um, yeah. I have a question uh-huh. about Hold that. On. As far as- Hold on. Oh. Pause. Question, question, comment. Um, you know, and, and. I think I have like a direction I want to take with it, but I want to hear what your perspectives are. So when it comes to your children and being realistic, I can think of an example when uh, you guys were kids and Ricky had gone up to somebody and said, hey, you know, I'm the greatest soccer player, I know, or something like that. And this person's like, well, no, you're not. And I'm like, and then I look at his face and he was like totally crushed. So it's at what point, and, and it's to me, I think it's a it's a balancing act, right? Mm-hmm. So at what point do you say, "Well, no, you're not," and then totally crush the kid, versus you know, well, you could be if you do this, that, and the other thing. Like, yeah. So where we, you know, what's the what's your take on that? Do you crush them at that point? Because I could see that that he was crushed versus. For that time being, you say, yeah, you are, because that's what I did. Yeah, you are. You're the greatest. And he went off happily. You know, I it's actually, not a point that you have to prove at that point. I actually wouldn't do either. I, I yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't speak to it at all. Instead, I would say, you know, I noticed you were having an amazing time out there. You know what I noticed? You were you were running so hard. You were doing I would comment on the things that they were doing the positive things that they were doing. Because the truth is, no, they're not the best. But the truth is, no, they're not the worst. But I think, you know, in in kids' minds, we often label them as the best, the worst, the musician, the smart one, the trouble child. And these labels, whether or not we realize it, stick in in people's minds. So Mm -hmm. I would try my best to not label them at all and to instead comment on the positive things that they're doing. Like I said, you were really having a great time. Or if the kids show me something they colored, instead of saying, that's the best picture I ever saw, I might say, I love how colorful that is. It makes me so happy when I look at it. I'm going to hang that on the wall. So when I look at it, I always feel happy because I don't want them always trying to achieve the best. I want to be the best. I want to be the best. But in that particular situation, Obviously, the person didn't handle that way. I might have said, yeah, you're really good. And you know what? Keep trying. You'll get even better. I might have said that. Yeah, yeah I think you know. <laughs> to, to piggyback off of that and kind of what you were saying earlier, Courtney, I think it's more important in these types of situations that we change the wording and the verbiage of it. Mm. Just like what you're saying, like you can't, you, not you can't, but we all come from, you're the best, number one this, you know, superlative this, superlative that, and not everybody can be the best. So instead of saying, you know, you are the best soccer player, you can be like, well, you can be if you keep working hard Mm -hmm. and you keep practicing and that dedication. I think that's, it's difficult because you want to just shoot that out. Like, oh my gosh, you're the best. Like you, you're so good or I'm the best. Um, But changing the wording and the verbiage to include some of those, those 
those steps that you need to take along the way to, to be the best. Right. Because in reality, they're not the best. We're not the best. Mm-hmm. So instead, give them some real truth that they can hang on to. Like you guys know, my oldest son um, has troubles in school, but he works his butt off and uh-huh. still sometimes we'll come home with a bad grade. And I can be like, you got to do better. You got to study harder. Or I can be like, you know what? I saw how hard you worked on that. I'm I'm proud of you. You should be proud of yourself. Let's figure out how we can maybe change our studying method next time. Yeah. Versus that's a terrible job. What are we going to do? This is a horrible grade. I don't want your report card's got to be straight A's. You got to be the best. He's not the best. Mm-hmm. He's not the best student, but he is a hard worker. And every single one of his teachers have recognized that and verbalized that to him. He may not have the best mm-hmm. grades, but every teacher enjoys working with him because he puts in 100%. So I think, yeah, I I would love to be part of the generation of parents that starts to change the language we use and the labels we put on our kids because whether or not we, 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 we may mean well, but I think it could affect them in a negative way, you know? I think it's also interesting because we grew up that way. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have straight A's, you have to be the best of this. And it's made me who I am today. So I'm interested to see what the end result will be because I'm a very driven person. Right. Like I would redo my notes at night and highlight them in different colors. And I just was always going and pushing because mm-hmm. I had to be the best. And that gave me the work ethic I have now. So I'm curious to see what that will what that will result in in the future. I guess it also depends on personalities yeah, and drive. For sure. And There's like a that. lot of other factors in there. I think my goal with my kids is I never want you looking for approval. Yeah. If you're going to do your best, mm-hmm. it's going to be so you could be proud of yourself. So you could put mm-hmm. your best foot forward. And if that causes you to drive harder, then good. I hope it does. But I never want it to be so you can get mommy to say, I'm so proud of you. Not to say that we shouldn't do that. Like, yes, as parents, we should tell our kids they're proud of we're proud of them. But absolutely, I think we need to teach them to be proud of themselves because there may be times in their life where they don't get the recognition for the job well done. But that doesn't mean that they should work any you know less less harder. Is that proper? Yeah. Less, less any le- any I don't know. You don't know try to say <laughs> any less. Any less. They shouldn't work any less. You know what I mean? I, I like that you. Go ahead, mom. I'm sorry. No, I just said always put the effort in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like that you brought up that one part. Um, oh my God. What did you just say? All I can think of is what I wrote down here. Um, but um, being proud of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when it when we set these goals and these expectations, I think it's really important to have an aspect of forgiveness in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There will be times where you fall off the wagon and you don't necessarily hit those goals. It's important to forgive yourself. Yeah. You know, to realize, okay, uh, just like with Christina Kuzmich, you know, I put deodorant on today. Yeah. I got out of bed. Like, I drank a glass of water. Like, celebrate the small things because you are doing a lot. Like, everybody has a full-time job. And these goals and things that we're wanting to do are typically something that are outside of our job. Yep. And we're in, you know, occupations that, re- that require so much of us. And, you know, you can be so good at your job. Eventually what happens is you get tasked on more things because you're finishing them quickly. And now you have more and more and more things to do. And you're so engulfed in work that when it comes to your goals after work, you're just like, oh my God, I just want to relax and do nothing. Um, so I think it's important to to have a sense of forgiveness for yourself if you do fall off the wagon. Um, but to flip side on that, to make sure that you've got that backup plan, that contingency plan, but, and also to make sure that We'll, we'll get into that later. Yeah. Um, but those two things. But what, what did Christina call it? A ta-da list? 
At the end of the day, for anyone who didn't hear that episode, um, Christina Kuzmich is an influencer, mom, blogger, vlogger, the whole thing. She made a. Um, she said at the end of the day, instead of making your to do list for the ne- next day, make a to da list of all the mm-hmm. things you accomplished that day, and it'll just end your day on a more positive note. So if you took a shower and put deodorant on, girl, you did that. <laughs> Be proud of yourself for that. Um, so yeah, but you know, I want to flip it a little bit because the other end of this, we're talking right now about setting high expectations to achieve a goal. But if I want to flip it a little bit, because what if it's not something we want to achieve? What if it's something we want to change or behavior we want to stop? Um, and what again? My my kids are what what um, inspired me for this for the, this topic. Uh, the first one being Emma, and now Kai on the other side of it. Um, right now we're having a big problem with him hitting and screaming and, uh, it's become an issue, a real issue. And, but he hits and he screams when he's mad, when he's frustrated, which is the usual toddler behavior, right? But also if he's embarrassed or if he's sad, and sometimes even when he's super excited, like he can't properly go through his emotions. So my goal ultimately is to get him to stop hitting, but my expectation cannot be stop immediately because I said so. It can't, that can't be, if that's my expectation that I'm just going to yell at him and spank him and that's going to get him to stop, it might stop the behavior in the moment, but it's not going, I can't expect him to reason as an adult. That's so often what we do as, as adults when we're talking to kids, we expect them to have the same reasoning as we do, so often I'm like, I just don't understand why you're hitting. Why are you doing this? Yeah. But I have to get on, that's just it. I don't understand. I have to get on his level. Maybe he doesn't have the vocabulary to tell me what's going on. Um, I need to get to the bottom of his behavior, give him the tools he needs to handle his big emotions, and I have to be consistent. You know, of course, there's going to be consequences. Yes, there's going to be you hit your sister, you know, there's a consequence for that. You're, you know, I'm not saying don't give consequences to your kids. But what I'm saying is the whole do it because I said so method is ineffective in giving your kids life skills, giving mm. them the tools they need to be effective adults. Um, but go ahead. Yeah, jump I in. just want to say that that's not, I feel that's not a blanket statement. And I think you'll agree when I say something like this. Uh, there's a red light. Well, that's why I said there's consequences. <laughs> you know, you know there's a, and you say stop right now, right? You expect sure, stop, sure, sure. right? You know, or you know, you can't do that because you're going to tell them. So there are you can't. And and like I said, I know you agree with it, but I just wanted to relay that to our listeners as well as we're not saying what Courtney's expressed is a blanket statement. No, no, no. Right? I'm not wisdom s- and judgment that you've you've got to apply. I'm not saying don't tell your kids no. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. Tell your kids no. They need to hear the word right. no. What I'm saying is when you're trying to change a behavior, mm-hmm. uh, I grew up in stop now because I said so. I'm going to spank you and you're going to go to your room. You're going to lose belt. your toys. You're going to lose this. You're going to lose that. And it was effective in the moment because I wanted my toys because I didn't want to get hit. But I still did those things. I just kept it quiet. I just hit it better. I didn't develop the life skill I really needed to change that behavior till later in life. And I'm not saying like that is against like you and dad or whatever. That's just the norm of how people parented. Um, And it's still the norm. It's not necessarily how I want to parent. I find myself doing it though, because I'm not perfect and 
I revert back to to that often. Um, but relating it not just to children and parenting, but overall, even how when we want to change behaviors in our life, we can't just will it to happen. Sometimes, you know, we yeah. we have to get to the bottom of why this behavior is happening and what do I need to do to fix it? And then we have to be consistent. Um, mm-hmm. So have you guys had an experience with with that, with trying to change uh, something in your life and, and struggling with it in that way? Uh, yeah. And if you've listened to earlier, uh, uh, last season, earlier podcast, um, for me, it was getting to the workout. Right. Um uh, it was constantly, or I couldn't motivate myself. I couldn't find the motivation to go work out. And when I dug deep, I found that I had this internal battle with myself that I that I hated myself. I hated the way I looked. I would look in the mirror and just like, oh, you're disgusting. You're fat. You're this, you're that. Wasn't building up my confidence all at all. And then when it came time to work out, I'm like, well, you're already looking like this. Like, why even bother? Like I had to dig down deep and find what was going on. Why did I not have the motivation to work out? Because I had no motivation in myself. I had no belief in myself that I was capable of doing, achieving this goal of losing weight and making working out a routine. So I completely agree with you, Courtney, that if you have a behavior that you're wanting to change, uh, which it could be anything, you have to go and dig deep and figure out what's causing that. There's got to be an emotion. There's got to be a trigger. Something is causing you to act out in this way mm-hmm. or not act in a certain way. And when you can find that trigger and when you can find the reasoning why, you can start changing your mindset about it and the way you look at it. Right. So I had to train myself you know, when I looked in the mirror to compliment myself, it started with uh, Mel Robbins and the high five in the mirror. Like I had to, I stayed there and I forced myself to say something positive um, and high five myself. Like, you know, you're going to have a great day. You're going to do these things. And it took time for me to reset and rebuild the way I looked at myself and my whole mindset on it. And then when I was able to build myself up from the bottom up, the motivation came Immediately, I started working out. It became a habit, and it's not something hard for me to do anymore um, because I did the hard work. Right. Ma, how about you? Um, I'm like trying to find words. (laughs) There's there's two that I can think of as far as trying to change the behavior. One is very similar to Brittany's. as far as the weight goes, you guys will look at me and you'll say, you're so tiny. Why do you need to lose the weight? You can't get back to the weight you were when you were a teenager. Is that what we sound like? So you all know that like I am – I. I Working out has always been a part of my life, whether I do the videotapes or whether I, you know, video Tybo. Tybo. Billy Blanks. Uh, I did Tony weird. Robbins. I did, you know, I did 75 Hard. I did, I did all of it, right? I'm just always, always thirsting for the workout to keep in shape. Um, right now, I'm doing Kim Constable's um, Buns and Guns uh, Challenge. So I'm always like looking for that thing. But the piece that was always missing was the diet. But as you get older and you guys will realize this or, or, or have to deal with this sooner or later is your body changes. And it was always easy for me to drop the five pounds. And now it's like, oh my God, it's like two months later and I've only lost a half a pound. What the heck? And then people tell you, well, you know, you shouldn't only use a scale as a measure and bull crap. <laughs> I say bullcrap to that. That's not true, right? 
what it really ended up being is as you get older and, and women who have gone through menopause already and are in menopause, um, your hormones change and there's, you know, you have to watch what you eat now. So what I started doing is um, no, you know, throughout the week, it's eat as much protein as you want. You can eat as much, you know, fat or whatever. You have to just limit the the carbs that you eat in terms of if it was white. Has it white ever carbs. been white? Could have been white <laughs> carbs. So, you know, it's it's white rice. It's jasmine rice, brown rice, white potatoes, sweet potatoes, right? Mm-hmm. Flour, Wait, anything. Brown else. rice is considered a white carb. Has it ever been white? Could it have been know. white at one time? I don't time? know. How does rice normally come? I thought it came brown and they bleached <laughs> it white. So in, in any case, like sticking to that and and also like within the first hour when you wake up, consume your protein, right? And drink. Mm. I drink a gallon of water, if not more a day. That first week, I lost three pounds. I'm like, holy crap. I've not lost three pounds in like three years. How did that happen? <laughs> And it wasn't, you know, I, I just kept digging and digging and digging deeper. Um, so, you know, I was even getting to the point where Steve was saying, you were talking about doing of mommy makeover or whatever, because no matter what I did, I couldn't reach where I wanted to be. And it wasn't that I was slacking off and not going to the gym or running or cycling or swimming. Or, I did all those. It just wasn't doing anything anymore. <laughs> So, you know, that um, I kept sticking with, uh, and it was something that was, it was hormonal. It wasn't something, it wasn't a mindset thing for me, right? Because I had the mindset to do those things. I just, hormones, <laughs> hormones, man. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing I think is, is much deeper. Um, I think it would actually take time to, uh, to go through that one. Okay. Go on. Do you want to go on or do you want to <laughs> devote it to another time? Your call. Um, We're here. How, I'll just touch on it at a very, very high level. Changing your behavior towards a person. What is that? Mm. Did you hear something behavior? screaming? Sky is whining at my door. My windows are open, guys. There might be some animals outside. Sorry if you guys hear weird screams. Everybody's okay. Nobody's hurt. <laughs> Sorry, mother. Continue. I didn't hear a scream. Uh, I heard him. Wow. And, you know, I, our listeners out there, if there's a, just a way that you wanted to behave differently towards a person mm. and you are always trying to be conscious of how you act towards them, yet something happens and it's like you see red and then your mouth just goes and the next thing mm. you know, it's like, crap. I did it again. You know, what? that's the behavior that I'm struggling with to get under wraps. To, I'm a very loving person. You guys know that. I'm very accepting. Yeah. But for some reason, when it comes to this particular situation, I just can't keep my mouth shut. I can't just let the person talk and, and listen. It's just, I know it's a very, very high level, but it's a behavior we're trying no, to I had- I definitely agree with you on that because I typically, um, even though to many people I come off as like super bitchy, um, <laughs> like me, like I come off as very all the time. I get uh, that I'm unpro- unapproachable, um, but I'm I don't think I am that way. Um, anywho, um, 
Me personally, I like to not hold a grudge against anyone or pass any sort of judgment until you do something to me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be open and honest with you and I'll be friendly to you and be your friend until you do something to hurt me. And then that's when my behavior will change. And I agree with you, mom, because I have been hurt by people. And it's hard then if they're still in your life to not just like, or like react a certain way and do a certain Mm -hmm. thing or like tune out when they're talking because you know, it's all BS. I think it's very hard to change that behavior because if it's happened so many times over and over again, what is the point of me changing my behavior if you're just going to hurt me again? Right. Agreed. Yeah. And, you know, being a Christian, everybody always preaches about forgiveness. And I do believe that we should always have a forgiving heart. We've been forgiven, so we should forgive. But that doesn't mean we don't set healthy boundaries. There may be people you can forgive and not hold a grudge, but set up that boundary where, you know what, I'm setting up this boundary. Uh, We we are not going to have this type of discussion because uh, I love you too much to argue about this. And uh, this is just not something we can talk about. Or mm-hmm. um, we're going to just hang out in the workplace. We're just not, you know, and you don't have to say that to the person. If it's somebody at work, you're just going to draw that line. So I do think that while we can forgive and we should forgive and we shouldn't hold grudges, we also, it's okay to set a healthy boundary, you know, not to keep people out. I think I said this before, but to hold yourself together, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's super important. Um, <laughs> really? Sorry. <laughs> no, you hear that? around like this. <laughs> So, so Cora, what what is a healthy boundary though? Because, you know, that's one of the things that I did. Then I step back and I go, oh my God, was that a very healthy boundary? Was that very Christian-like to do? Well, like I said, like if if you were somebody else, I don't think I would be that way. Right. But you're not somebody else. So that's not very Christian. (laughs) Well, okay. For example. I know I'm talking, you know. But if I say, for example, if you and I always argue about bread, you're my mom. I'm your daughter. We love each other. We get along all, all the other times. But every time we talk about bread, we argue. You know what, Ma? Here's my boundary. I, we're not talking about I, bread. I love you way too much to have oh, these yeah, arguments have with you. So, look, I just think it's going to be the best if we just don't talk about bread anymore. And you're yeah. either going to agree. You're going to have to meet me where I'm at. You're going to have to agree or disagree. That has to be like an actual conversation. You can't just decide in your head you're not going to talk about bread. Mm-hmm. And then I come along and I'm like, I want to talk about this. You have to have that conversation. I'm setting that boundary. We can't agree. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to, you know, what are we going to do? We're going to destroy our whole relationship over this? Unless it is something like, you know, there's abuse. There's a way someone's talking to you. There's, you know, unless it's something that has to be addressed. If it's like a mm-hmm. topic, politics, you know, things like that, um, Mm -hmm. that you can live, you know, you have to figure out where, when I set that boundary, we don't talk about it anymore. What kind of fruit is that going to produce? Is that going to produce peace? Is that going to produce love? Or is that going to produce resentment? Is that going to produce, you know, what is it going to produce by not talking about it? If you're good with those fruits, by all means, set that boundary. But if it's something that has to be discussed, and sometimes we have to have that hard discussion. So I think it's, what would you say? Like uh, per situation, I would say. No? Yes, best yeah. per basis. Per basis. Yeah. And your relationship with that person. I mean, like a good example is dad and Ricky and I cannot play Monopoly. It's just a hard, that's a Listen, hard no. Angry, okay. We don't play Monopoly. <laughs> Where did you get the pink 50s <laughs> from, <laughs> grandma? <laughs> Love it's a hard it. no. Or, I mean, even with people in the family, there are certain topics that I'm just not even going to bring up. Yeah. Or if they come up, I'm just going to like walk away yeah. um, because I know where it's going. So in what you said, 
I mean, I did just choose. Like, I'm I'm not going to have this conversation. Sometimes I'll say that, but often I'll just get up and walk away. Right. There's that too. I think it, depending on the conversation, like I said, you have to decide, is this something like we – is this a conversation we have to have? You know what I mean? Mm. Is this something that we can live out our relationship never talking about or is it going to – because something eventually will start to rot and fester and, and it'll produce mm. terrible mm. results. And so you want you don't want to just bury something under the rug and never talk about it if it has to be mm. discussed. So I think it's a per basis thing. Um, but I did want to jump into, if it's okay, uh, part I know that we're probably running a little yeah. over on time, yeah. but um, what kind of sparked the whole fruit metaphor was, um, I know I told you guys an old friend of mine who I unfortunately lost touch with. Um, his name is Nathaniel Nathaniel Nunziante. He has his own podcast as well. Check it out. It's really awesome. It's called the Effective Living Podcast. But he uh, talked about, he likens like these behaviors to a tree. And just like what we're talking about, he said, if you're looking at an apple tree and you don't like the apples, you could take the apples off, but it's still an apple tree. And eventually mm-hmm. those apples are going to grow back. Mm-hmm. If you want to really eliminate the, the the apples, you have to rip the tree up from the root, which is kind of what we're talking about. That bad behavior, that thing you want to change, you got to get to the root of it. You can just say you want to quit smoking and just stop smoking cigarettes, but the urge is still going to be there. So what are you going to replace that cigarette with? What vice are you going to replace that with? There's something in there that needs to be addressed. So, um, And then to continue that metaphor, once you rip that thing out, you're going to plant something new. That new thing is going to take time to grow. So having mm-hmm. patience. And I think that that's kind of like all what we're talking about here. We want to we want to identify what you want to change. And we always talked about in our earlier podcast, identifying your why, finding your why. And I think that's a twofold question. I want to find my why to move forward, but mm-hmm. I also want to find my why from my past. Why did I yeah. get here? Yeah. And I think if we what do I want to change? Why do I want to change it? Why do I do it? Then you mm-hmm. set your goal. Then you set your realistic expectations for your day, you know, your day. And then you got to keep going. You got to be patient and you got to keep keep walking. I wrote down, keep walking out the desert because that was the other part of Nathaniel's um, analogy was he was talking about if I walk into the desert and I'm in the middle of the desert and then I decide, you know what? I don't want to be in the desert anymore. And you do a complete 180. You turn around. You are now heading in the opposite direction. You have made the decision to change, but you're still in the desert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your environment isn't going to immediately change because you've made that decision. Decided. You have to mm-hmm. the uh, to walk, walk back walk out. out. And so I think that's a beautiful analogy for life and for these changes that we're talking about is mm-hmm. you can make that decision that you're going to lose the weight, that you're going to quit that habit, that you're going to change how you act towards that person, whatever it is, but it will not be an immediate instant thing. You spent some time walking into that desert, make the decision to turn around and now walk forward, walk out. Um, and it will not be easy it will because not be walking easy. through a desert in no matter what direction is going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard and hot and it's going to stink, but you're going to need, thirsty. yeah, it can be thirsty, but <laughs> you need to keep walking. And the, this is again, what we always talk about is finding your accountability person. Um, this, I heard a pastor once say, I bet the times that you were the most discouraged were the times you were the most isolated. And I think that that's so true. We feel discouraged when we don't have people around us to lift us up, to, to hold us mm-hmm. accountable. So while you're walking out that desert, 
find a person, find an accountability, accountability buddy. You know, I can't say that word. So yeah, let's finish out the conversation by kind of t- talking about all that. What are your guys' thoughts on everything? I just I said a lot. I love, I love all that. I mean, I think that hits the nail right on the head. Um, and especially when you're walking out, knowing that it's going to be di- to identify that you want to turn around, knowing it's going to be difficult, forgiving yourself when you trip and fall mm-hmm. and eat a mouthful of sand, um, you know, being lenient with yourself, but getting out with help. Yeah. You're never alone with your with your try with your accountability buddy, um, and that's one of the things that I love so far about this season is we have been interviewing so many yes. amazing women who have so many great stories, and you know they just love the fact that there is a community, and we've created a little group, and we're all there for each other. Um, and I think that's important too, and it's it's difficult. I think as I'm getting older, I find that it's it's harder for me to be social. I don't like going out anymore. I don't like meeting new people, um, and this has been such a great way to make new friends yeah. and to meet people and to create a tribe. When I've just moved to a different state, to kind of help me in my journey out of the desert. Yeah. How about you, Mom? What are your thoughts? Uh, I just lost it because um, I was listening to Brittany and not trying to formulate a response. Um, <laughs> Good job, Ma. That's active listening. <laughs> Good I was job. doing some active listening. So, um, oh, your your accountability partner. Uh, oh, okay. I know. I, I have the thought now. Um, I think those times that we find ourselves alone, um, sometimes people may feel either one nobody could possibly ever understand what I'm going through, right? So you don't reach out to anybody. Or number two, I'm really embarrassed that I'm going through Mm. this and I don't want anybody to know. So I'm not going to reach out to anybody. But that's so far from the truth um, because how many years have humans been on this planet? Mm. There is nothing new under the sun, right? We've talked about that before. Um, And I think... One of the things that may help you if you ever find yourself in that situation, I, I turn to Christina Kuzmich's uh, exercise that she did. If you're going through something and you're finding it difficult to reach out to somebody, picture yourself as a kid. You know, would, wouldn't you want you as a kid to reach out to somebody, Right. And I know that's kind of hard to imagine yourself as an adult being a kid to reach out to somebody, but you would want that kid to reach out and say, hey, reach out for that person. Reach out to this person because you can't go through it alone. You need somebody there to help you through it. Maybe not, you know, to to give you advice, maybe just to be a shoulder to cry on, maybe just an ear to listen to what you have to say. Maybe just sit there in silence. Right. Mm -hmm. But at the very least, or at, at what you need to do is make that step, take that step, right? And I think, again, I think maybe for some people, the analogy of picturing yourself as a kid and encouraging that kid to reach out may help you get past that. Um, I can't reach out because I'm embarrassed or I can't reach out because nobody knows what I'm going through, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that too, like we we always talk about this on this podcast, but we talk about culture and social media, how it's very encourages people to do things the wrong way. I can do it by myself. I don't need, I don't need anybody's help or the amount of things I see with moms 
posting these things and they're meant to be funny, but they're basically making fun of a deadbeat dad, their husband who does nothing. I think that that's so inappropriate. I feel like if your husband does nothing, maybe you should have a conversation with him. You know what I mean? But the point is, is that a lot of these TikToks and these, you know, these Insta stories are just showing, uh, you know, I am a strong, powerful woman. I can do it alone, but you could be a strong, powerful woman and have community. In fact, I think you are stronger when you have community. Mm-hmm. So I, we stress it so many times on this podcast, but community is just so very important um, in every age and stage in life. <laughs> every age and stage in life. It's important. Mas, mas muy, muy importante. Muy, muy, muy importante. And I got to say, I hope I'm not cutting you off. I... Um, I'm so thankful that we started this podcast because you guys are like my, you guys are my tribe. Like if anything is wrong, I just go to our group chat. I'm just like, I just start talking about things. And I know that I can just type in Marco and you guys will go check Polo, Marco Polo. And I just love the relationship that we have. We get to bounce ideas off of each other. We're there for each other. Um, we hold each other up. We hold each other accountable. And I'm very thankful for the two of you. Oh, what's here? love it all right well do you guys have any other concluding thoughts before we close out for the evening Mm, this is a random thought but have you thought about maybe getting kai like a punching bag and when he wants to hit that you direct him to hit the punching bag i actually have thought about that i'm not sure if it'll help or hurt but i have thought about it Yeah, okay. That's it. That was all. We can talk more about that later. That was it. Actually, uh, it's a little side note. I think Tita Gina got him that when we still lived in Queens. It lasted Mm. for probably three days before the kids popped it. They were like (laughs) holding onto it and wrestling with it. And (laughs) I ended up like I had to throw it away after like less than a week it lasted at my house before it was in pieces. So if I get him a punching bag, it has to be like a real like sand filled leather bag. (laughs) Can't be an inflatable one because he'll he'll kill it. Mm-hmm. He'll probably become like an enemy fighter then. Oh, he does really good at Ninja Warrior. Mom sent me a video the other day of like kids hopping around all over the place, and he's just very. I think that's his future. I think he'll do very. He's going to be an active individual. He's very active. Yes. Anyway, all right, guys. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to follow us on all the things. Like, share, subscribe, and mommy, would you like to close us out for the night? Thank you. Are you trying to make up for? Yes, I am. Because apparently, I introduced you in the wrong order. All right, ladies. Uh, guys, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Uh, I got the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. Until next time. We are the little glasses. Reminding you to keep it real. All right. Bye, guys. Stay classy. Bye. Bye. This is how we keep it real, guys. This is how. Thanks for stopping by. Stay classy. <laughs>